0: Ladies and gentlemen, from the depths of flyover country in the heartland of America, the Kansas City on the other side of the mighty Mo, welcome to Hitting the Bricks with Kathleen, the genealogy show that features your questions and her answers. I and John, your humble hubby host, and on this episode, we'll be talking to Dina Newman from the sunflower state, the wheat state, via Coffeyville, Kansas. So now, let's start hitting the bricks. So, in spite of all the technical issues, hopefully we'll be able to hear everybody. Um, if not, it's my fault. Fire the technician. But we're here, Kathleen, with uh, another neighbor. We just finished with Stephanie Holthouse. Apparently, we're just running down the street. And we are here with Dina Newman. Dina is... Um, Well, what is your official title? Director uh, for the Center of Neighborhoods, KC? The Center
1: for Neighborhoods at UMKC, yep.
0: And and Dina does a lot of great work there. And Dina and I actually have a bleak connection because I worked with a guy named Mike Rowland, Mm-hmm. who is also heavily involved in the community and has uh, Ophelia's garden f- named after his grandmother. Uh, or some of course is associated with Dina that way.
1: So I also, when I'm not at Center for Neighborhoods running that, I also have a small nonprofit called Kansas City Black Urban Growers or Casey Bugs. Mike is on my board. Before I knew that, Mike and I go way back from when we were doing the gardening stuff and urban farming. Yep. Well, well that's new information. I did not know that you actually had this not for profit. Oh, we well, okay, we'll have to sit on the
2: porch and have drinks and I'll tell y'all about it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like And a John, of... you you and Dina have something else in common. What's that? Coffeeville, Kansas. John has a connection with Coffee. No. No. <laughs>
0: okay. okay, so the only time I heard about <laughs> Coffeeville prior to moving to the Midwest with Kathleen was there was an Eagle song. That mentioned Coffeeville and where the Dalton brothers were killed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the only only reason I knew where Coffeeville was. Um, and, and so we went to Coffeeville, though. And what I learned is it has more to offer than just Eagles lyrics. It also had dust. There's a lot of dust. Lots of dust.
1: And and rattlesnakes. You you can take some of that home with you for souvenirs if you
2: so Dina, as you know, my family also is from Coffeeville. a huge side of them that came to Coffeeville about 1909. And so I made John go to the cemetery in South Coffeeville. Okay, okay. And that's was his I would tell him, sweetie, watch those holes, those rattlesnake holes. <laughs> he was fed up with me and the rattlesnakes and the cemetery. While we were taking pictures of the gravesite.
1: Oh gosh!
2: And you know, I've never been to the South Coffeeville Cemetery. It oh. is filled with African Americans, of course, and any worse in that cemetery is oh. probably related to me. And oh. that is how you also know my cousin is from the Moor side. There, Joe. Yes, Mary Cho is a Morse. So that, that is why her family was there also. So all the Morrises from that area are related to me through my mother's side. But anyway, so oh. we took a nap at the hotel and woke up about six o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night after the cemetery. And John said, Let's go.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: he's like okay okay
0: i love coffeeville see i'm gonna edit this (laughs) i love coffeeville i've always had a good time the times we went and it was really enjoyable. And I've learned about Coffeeville through a song by the Eagles, which I re- always was one of my favorites. So
2: and Dina, wanna, John is telling wanna, a story. No, it's
0: true. And so do we want to move on with, yes, uh, with, yes. with Kathleen as opposed to uh, hating on Coffeeville with John?
2: So Dina, you are from Coffeyville and you called in for a couple things about your family because your family has been in Oklahoma for years. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your question. And, and something about your family. Okay. So my question
1: was my maternal grandmother maiden name was a, is a strange name, strange to us. I had never heard it. And my grandmother was very private. Uh, we didn't get to learn a lot. She, she said that her father was native. Her father's father was native, but there was never any real, it's like, really? Are you? So it's almost like I know a lot more about um, my grandmother's mother's side of the family, but her father's side of the family, we really don't know a lot about. It's just an odd name. And uh, again, we were curious, are they really native? What's that name, Dina? Taiski.
0: Got anything and about Taiski, Kathleen?
2: I do know quite a bit about the Taiskis. And I'm going to ask Dina one other question, though, first. And that where was this that your grandmother lived in? Before she came to Coffeyville? Yes. Oklahoma. Um, mm, it escapes me. Fort Gibson, maybe. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So the Tieskis are from that Fort Gibson area. The reason you think that name is kind of made up in your family is because it was adopted into your family. What? Your grandmother's ancestors adopted the name Tieski. That is not even a slave name of theirs. It was originally Harnage. Can't hey, wait a Harnage? Harnage. H-A-R-N-A-G-E. Never heard. Okay. Dina, the Taiskis are from Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. And on their paperwork, they tell you that their native name was Harnage and their English name is Taiski. So there was a time where Everyone could adopt a name. They claimed to adopted it back to 1816.
1: Kathleen, why would someone want to adopt a name?
2: Because sometimes they didn't want to carry on with the slave name. Okay. Now, your family were not slaves, though, under the Harnages either. But the Harnages married into the family where they were the slaves. So your family were slaves under a guy by the name of Jack Bell. What? Have
0: you <laughs> <laughs> This is sad that we this is not on video. Yeah. This, this, should, be, so- this should be a video. <laughs>
2: So the best part about your story is that, Dina, if you have heard of the Work Progress Administration, the WPA, they went around and captured stories of the older ex-slaves. There is one particular one that followed Jack Bell because they were also on the plantation. Dina, your family was enslaved by Jack Bell. Jack Bell had property not only in Oklahoma, but also in Texas, and he carried- his slaves back and forth before the war in the 1850s. One of the older enslaved persons by the name of Phyllis Petit, not necessarily relation to you, he, she married a Petit, but she also was a slave of, his, of him. Her story is told. I have the links and I will send their story to you so you can see what your family went through. And I know your family went through it because they tell the same story in their Native American application, how they went back and forth from Oklahoma to Texas. And they tell about Jack Bell.
0: And they, they were applying for what the Native American application. They
2: were, were uh, they were applying to be freedmen, um, freedmen, oh. trying to get land and trying to get the benefits of the Native Americans. However, they were rejected.
0: Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. So this is like, Mm -hmm. I think it was last season or something, somebody was on rejected roles?
2: Yes, that is exactly where Dina is going to find her roles also. That was Vicki Van, I believe, out of uh, Tulsa also. Okay. Who is also from the same area, Holberg Fort Gibson area. Hmm. And she was also on the rejected roles. Now, the reason Dina's family was rejected is a different reason. They could not prove that they came back to Oklahoma in time to apply originally. There was a deadline when you had to be in the territory. (laughs) Whereas Phyllis, who was also a slave of the same man, she was enslaved by Jack Bell, she and her family were not rejected. They were accepted because they could prove that they came back.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so are
2: you saying they were native, but they just... No, their family was not native by blood. Interesting. Oh not on the Taiski side at all. They did have very, very little blood. You have less than 2%, and some of that's from your father's side. Your mother had about 2%, so you're only going to inherit just some of that. But that doesn't mean that they weren't native we're talking five generations away mm. by the time you get five generations away from a pure native mm-hmm. which supposedly was a lady by the name of Cynthia Harnage Cynthia Harnage had a child in 1816 called Jeff Taieski huh? Like he claimed that his father or his descendants claimed that his father was a Taiski. It was not. It was tied to the Taiskis, though. So not only are you not a Taiiski, you're not a bell, you do have Harnish relatives, but your native side comes from that side, that little percentage, and it's because the harnishes were related to two other groups of people called the Wolves and the Stancils. Now, all of that is way too complicated, but I have a chart of how your Native American bloodline is passed down. By the time someone is 100% Native, down to your mother, your mother could only uh, inherit about Mm, 1.56%. So that's why she has such a small amount. Amount. Hmm. In between time, Dina, I have to say, you are and your mother was about 90 some percent African. <laughs> it is.
0: What is it, oh, what is it? We're all laughing, but Kathleen, explain <laughs> the significance of. <so.
1: laughs> right.
2: Shout out to the motherland. There you go. Exactly. Oh, my God. Now, from several different countries, of course, within Africa, but your mother was 91% African. Now, what we know is that DNA is not great at doing really small areas. Like it can't really tell you that you're this much of a particular country, but it can definitely tell you what continent. And your mother had only about 7% European, which is actually not that common. So for example, I have about 25% European. My family has between 25 and 30%. Wow. That would be a normal mixture of a lot of the enslaved having mixtures with the enslavers, right? But in your family, that is not the case. Now, your father's side proved to be a little different because you have 13% European and only 85% of the African countries. I was quite impressed by that because we don't normally see that. But it's not necessarily unusual when we have a lot of communities that are all based on African-originated slaves. Wow. Wow. So that should give you an idea of what Mary Tyesky was. Now, In 1920, I believe, or 1910 census, and again, you'll get all my notes and you'll get pictures, it does note that she was mulatto. And I think someone mentioned that to you when we had the interview that she was mulatto. Oh. At that time, she was living with uh, Rosa Moore, her mother's family, because Stanford Tayski never married Rosa Moore. He joined the army, had six months between the draft and being actually active in the military his father lived next door to the moors rosa had a beautiful baby from this and in the meantime he went and joined the army and basically he never came back to that area he was in kansas city Mm -hmm. and i don't know their relationship after that we don't see that part but it's clear that then rosa later marries and you know has her child and everybody knew the father of that child
1: so so my grandmother Mary, her mother is Rosa. Rosa's
2: my grandmother's father was Stanford Taiese. That is correct. At least on paper, and it does look like it's correct because that is the connection to the harnage, the standstills and the wolves. Then I mean, why would they say mulatto? Um, Perfect question. So one of the things we know about census takers is that, first of all, whoever answered the door, we don't know always who that was. Only certain census, 1910 and 1920, we didn't know who answered the door. So the person even given the information might have not been given correct information because it could have been a teenage child. Mm. They also might have looked at the family and. Taken down all the names as they were supposed to. And Mary Bernice Tieski, mm-hmm. she was marked down as mulatto, where all of the Moore kids, all of Alabama Moore's children, including herself, are considered Black. So all that tells me is that Mary Bernice Taiski was lighter than everyone else in the household? Can you imagine? Now, remember, <laughs> her father is a Taiski, and the Taiskis were fairer skinned. Okay. Okay. Generationally. Yeah. Because I see them as mulatto quite a bit all the way back. Okay. Okay. So that does not mean, though, that they were necessarily native, mm-hmm. but they did have a little of other races that they inherited, and that is showing in their skin tone also. Wow. So that is a little bit about your great-grandmother, Rosa, Mary's mother. Okay, so Rosa Moore, Alabama's daughter, and on the applications... They don't mention Stanford. His line does not mention a lot of the information. We had to dig in each each application. So in about 1904, they applied for Friedman status, and that's when they were rejected. And in doing so, we can see the Tayeski going all the way back from Mary Bernice assuming she is Stanford's child, which it appears she was, and on that line. The Harnages and the Taiskis did do a lot of slave trading, but I never see them listed as a slave of Tieski, only of this Jack Bell. Now, the story that we hear, though, is that there are other people who were involved in the slave trading. In the meantime, again, I'm using your mother because she has just a little bit more Thaisky than you're going to ever have. And so I'm able to also match her up on the DNA with other people that match with you. There are an extreme amount of African-Americans because they too were slaves. So they're going to be matched with you. They're also Jack. Bell's kids, or they're related. Now, Jack Bell's son does testify for the Tieski man, for Jeff Taisky. The difficulty in your family tree is unscrambling the names. At one point, one of your Jeff Tieski's real name is Josh. What? We, we see him first as Jeff, and then he decides, no, my name is really Josh. My son is Jeff, and my my father's Jeff, but I'm Josh. So we go through all of this information with your family. Dina
0: fun is what she calls work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh. That is true. It it's a, has lot of, been a lot in-
0: of tedious pouring over records is what she's calling fun, Dana. Oh
2: my gosh. Yeah. Jeff changed his name to Josh? Jeff at one point was Jeff, Jeff, Jeff and then he changed his to Josh. Now that's just one of the Jeffs. There are two oh. other Jeffs. So you have a Jeff of eighteen sixteen, who was the first one that they were able to find and the guy who turns it in says his last name was Tieski and his mother was a Harnage. So that's how I know where the Harnage, about the time they came in. And her name was Elsie Harnage. And supposedly this Jeff Tieski was fathered by that Cynthia person that I mentioned earlier. And they use that Taieski name, but they also know that they are Harnages because it's in all of their paperwork. Oh my God. Then there's another Jeff who is Jeff McKinley. So Jeff Tieski, who was born in 1874, fathered Rosa Moore. His father also went by Jeff for a while, but then changed it to Joshua. He was born in 1843. And that one has another very interesting surname in that he married someone named Seely. Now, your family is originally all claim Rusk. County, Texas. Okay. okay. So then they came to Oklahoma and then they went back to Russ County, Texas. A lot of them did. And okay. that's where you're going to find the majority of your family records. Why did you say, okay? Did you hear well, that? Well, so my my grandmother, uh, Mary,
1: inherited mineral rights that still has been passed down through my family mm-hmm. in Russ County, Texas. Yeah. Okay. So there's a
2: tie. Oh, and like you said, most of your marriages, a lot of the births in your family are from Russ County. Wow. Especially as we go back further, like you said, you're from uh, Rosa back. We always was told her name was Rosie. Was it Rose? It's both? We see it both ways. We see it Rosa and Rosie. It just depends on what record. I I saw a lot of Rosa, but okay. it but I also saw Rosie.
1: Did you see Kathleen? So my grandmother had a half brother. Named Eddie. I don't know if that shows up.
2: Yes, it did in the nineteen ten or nineteen twenty census. The same one, and they also considered him mulatto. But I didn't know who he was. Okay, that's my grandmother's half brother. We don't know. He was born like in Ohio or somewhere. It was in Iowa. Iowa. Okay, so it was one of the vowel states. (laughs) Okay, Okay. he was born in one of the vowel states. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I did not follow Rosa. Because I didn't have time and right, gotcha. I, I have this limit, yes. but yes. I did see him and he okay. is considered mulatto also in the yes. household, yes. but it didn't have his real last name, so I couldn't figure out. Whereas Rosie or Rosa says Taiski, yeah. so I didn't know which child of Alabama because she has all these grown girls or maybe two or three grown daughters who could have been the father of Eddie and it wasn't clear. Wait a minute. Rosa had more than one daughter. No, okay. Alabama. Al- Alabama Al- oh, Al- had Al- more Al- daughters. So, yes. and they were all in the household with her at the. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> the story of the ex-slave Phyllis Petit. She talks about her full experience, but she also talks about her parent, what she has been told through the years and how they were split and how Jack Bell treated them on the plantation. Um, so now, Dina, the reason John knows the stories is because he sat in my office and I read it to him like story time yesterday. I was like, no, read that to me.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> Just stop what you're doing. I stopped all the work. And I was like, you've got it up on your screen. Just read it and send me the link. Mm-hmm. Send me the link. Yeah, what? uh I, and it yeah, it's it's an interesting and it, definitely worth the read because I was like this is like really Miss Jane Pittman. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like it, it, uh-huh. you watch that movie when we were in elementary school.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh-huh.
0: then this uh-huh. is the real thing though.
1: So, even though she wasn't a blood relative, we we can assume that this slave owner who had my family possibly were
2: kind to them as well. I mean, yeah, she talks about all the slave children (laughs) and about the slaves in general. So when she's telling this story, she even says he was Native American, I tell you, but he was a good man. Those (laughs) kind of stories that come out. Now, she does talk about, you know, the whooping, but it was it it was a typical submission of they had power over you. Oh. Uh, but it wasn't what she dwelled on. It's not what her her memory was about as an older lady. Her memory was about all of the good things and going to church, even as an enslaved person, and the free freedom that she had with her mother in the big house. Oh, my gosh. Now, I personally would want you to look up more information on Jack Bell and his plantations in Russ County, Texas. I think that you should look up Jack Bell and do some research on him okay. and see if there's any other stories. But that is the one, well, there's two for my Phyllis Petit that I definitely have in your package That so that you can click on the links. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in general, Dina, I'm going to ask you... You know, do you have any questions? because I have a lot more information on your family? And then we had these other people who came in play because they also sold. they, they were selling people. Oh, and the, wow. they didn't seem to change their names as they were doing it. Was somebody claimed Taiski? They kept it even though they knew that their mother's name was Harnage. And that is where the Native American part really comes in. So that is, do you have questions for me, first of all?
1: Well, my mind is blown here. And I've never heard these names, this bell and this part, Harnage. And yeah, I, okay. And then the the story of going between Texas and Oklahoma is slay. I
2: mean, yeah, I, So Phyllis tells the story, when she's telling the story, she says that her mama and her pappy said that it was because they were trying to avoid the war. And that's why they took them back out of Oklahoma and back to Texas at this large plantation where a lot of family lived. She talked about how you could stand up and look at the big house on this hill and the people looked like little bitty people. It was so far away. I mean, she was trying to explain how big this plantation was. And one of the things I have to tell you is at a certain point in genealogy, we have to trace the enslaver Mm -hmm. in order to get the other half of the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the transaction of buying people It's just like buying anything else. It's in the deed books or the minute books or there's agreements or there's, you know, there's some sort of a court record. Uh, There's always more paperwork because we can always follow the money. Oh, And I did not do that for you, but I will help you to do it for yourself. One of the other things I did not do for you, I did not print every document, but I'm hoping that you have a library card. do, yes. And I'm going to ask especially, that you get a, a mid-continent library card here in Kansas City. Okay. Because they also have the records and the links that I give you if you sign up using your Midcontinent public library card, you will be able to access all of the links except for the ancestry.com ones. But those you can go to the local library right in our neighborhood if you don't want a subscription of it. They all have a trial though for like 14 days or something and you might wish to use that Trial And as you're using it, print off all the documents that I have as you do some further search and see if you like it. It is a free trial. I think you have to give credit card, but, mm-hmm. you know, you could test. But Dina, you mm-hmm. seem to be emotional. I'm not sure if it's distraught or just surprised. Both. I mean... <laughs>
1: You know, there's. You knew there, growing up. You hear these stories, right? And and we always knew there were pockets that didn't make sense. Or my grandmother was so adamant about not sharing her story, and we always wondered, what's the deal? What's the deal? And now it's just kind of like putting all these puzzle pieces together. And I, you know, I kind of wish now. I mean, you know that you know we had had more opportunity to really kind of sit around as a family and dig into it and right. um- because there's still so many more questions in my mind, but man, you've answered a lot. Like I said, that whole Russ County thing, it was just like, what is that? That's it, um, yeah. And the the staff, the Jeffs. Yes. And the mulatto thing. Again, it was just kind of like, was she half white? What was the deal? That helped a lot how you explained the census taker, which is still, I'm, I, I can imagine that in my mind's eye. That is crazy,
2: okay? <laughs> right. Man. I mean, when someone would look at me and say, well, next to somebody else, she looks mulatto. Uh-huh. But maybe they look at your children and say, "Oh no, no, she's black; they're mulatto." So it just, it's just—it's all on this range in the census taker's head. Oh. Um, it's not scientific. It's not based on family history. It was based on a parent.
0: Unbelievable. Well, much like race in America.
2: Exactly. Oh, so mm. one of the other things I do want Dina to do, John, besides get her library card to mm-hmm. print off everything and maybe look up Jack Bell. She has a
0: library card. No, but I wanted
2: that's to get one from Midcontinent. Midcontinent Public Library. But yes, you do have it. And the other one does work with Ancestry. I don't know if it works with what's called FODE 3. And that's where some of the links I'm going to give you. you is it um, Full tree. Yes, F O L D. It's a database like Ancestry. It's part a of it. It's owned by Ancestry actually
0: too. Every time she mentions Fold Tree, I said, Catherine, what what is Fold Tree?"
2: The heart of that. Okay, and, and
0: it's a database. It's okay.
2: a database. Thank okay. you, Don.
0: You're welcome. I'm, I listen to my honey bunny. <laughs>
2: Occasionally, so, occasionally. The other thing, see, John, you made me lose my my train of thought.
0: That was intentional. I you, you sure need to start wrapping some stuff up here.
2: I was going to. Can, that was my we last invite, thing. You can invite
0: Dina up and chat. <laughs> I'm well,
1: happy
2: and so. I am going to because we're gonna. I I am. We are gonna ask her. Let me see. Reviews a straight but you Create a family tree. Oh, you need to create a family tree. I did not create a family tree for you, but I will send you links of how you can put them even online for your family to see. That's because important. I did give you who begat who on the Tieskis side. Just know that they're not really Tieskis, but that is the name they went by. Okay, John, I think I am all done. If Dina has no more questions, Dina, do you have more questions? Oh, thank you so much,
1: Kathleen. I don't even know how you do this. That was, My head is already spinning. I was just so <laughs> screaming looking at, oh my gosh. Wow. This is amazing. This, this I cannot <laughs> wait to share this with my family. This Wonderful. is a thank you so much. And thank you.
0: Well, congratulations. You've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for staying. Thanks to Dina for sharing her questions with us. Thanks to Chewie Chewbacca Brandt, our part-time grass sommelier and full-time threat to any living thing in the backyard for his unwavering lack of interest in anything we're doing. The theme song for Hitting the Bricks was written and performed by Tony Fistnuckle and the Centipedes. Watch for their next appearance, Where the Crawdads Sing. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and of course, Buzzsprout. We'd love to hear what you think about the
1: podcast, so stop by our Facebook page at Hitting the Bricks and let us know.